0: Welcome to Riff Ram Review, your TCU sports talk home right here on 88.7 KTCU. Here are your hosts, Seth Dowdle, Ian Napitian, and Zion Trammell. What's going on everybody and welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on KTCU, the choice, your choice for college radio. My name's Ian Napitian and tonight we've got another episode for you guys. I'm here alongside Zion Trammell and Seth Dowdle. Guys, how are we doing on this Wednesday? This is our last episode before uh, Thanksgiving break.
1: Yeah, it's going to be weird having a little bit of a gap, you know, with school and all that. But looking forward to going home, celebrating Thanksgiving, and watching some football with my family. And and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, we're excited for this episode.
2: Yep, uh, we. This is the the show, the penultimate show before uh, Turkey Day. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Is. Very fun. Ooh, I know. Turkey, I love Turkey day, is. day
0: Turkey Day is upon I, us.
2: It's an underrated holiday, uh, and I believe it deserves its due time. Yep, you're... I've said that multiple times as we as we as we approach uh, the day where we give thanks, and uh, I think that we should abrupt uh, stop our Christmas celebration. Mariah Carey, go back into your little dungeon, yep. and you'll come out on December twenty fifth because. That's the day where it's time for Christmas and time for TCU, Oklahoma at 11 a.m. on Fox, which we will not talk about this week, and we will probably never talk about because we won't have a show next week.
0: Exactly, <laughs> No, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving break. Hope everybody listening is. Hopefully you guys do get a nice little break, um, you guys as well, here in the studio. I'm definitely looking forward to it. It should be fun. Um, do you guys have any plans for uh, for Thanksgiving?
1: yes i am so i have an interesting uh schedule for me because i fly back on thursday and then uh i'm going to be flying back to the bay area and then on friday morning i'm flying to san diego because oh, it was kind of last minute so I, I couldn't cancel my thursday flight so uh going to san diego for the uh, with my friends for the weekend so that should be fun but i'll be yeah. back home for thanksgiving nice. and all that.
2: i'm going to charleston Ooh. and then uh Going up to Oklahoma for Thanksgiving Day. Okay, it's and then uh, I'll, I'll think coming back. It's a big. It's very busy. Very busy Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> it uh, very busy like it. week. Uh, yeah, going to Charleston on Sunday. Flying back on Wednesday night. Going to Oklahoma. For Thanksgiving lunch, then coming back to DFW for Thanksgiving dinner in the oh, same man. day, and then uh, a relaxing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, though. And cool. then
1: going back for TC. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. yeah. <laughs> and then going back the next yeah.
0: morning yeah. for TC, Oklahoma at 11.
2: Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to Norman.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about you, Ian? Uh, just going home, looking forward to relaxing. Honestly, just want to get home and sleep. Yeah, just want to go home, relax. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly. glad to finally be going home. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that like needs like a change of scenery sometimes. Like, I, I feel like I've been in one place for like too long. I Need just a little, you know, a little schedule change, a little scenery change, and I think it'll be good. You know, perfect time, right, right before, uh, you know, the wind up to uh, final exams. So
2: no, we don't need to talk about those though.
0: Exactly, because we do have a lot of other stuff to talk about, and that includes tc's most recent game against number seven texas um they lost by a score of 29 to 26 the score was much more flattering than i think any of us could have hoped or imagined going into it i know all of our score predictions were were pretty tough except for seth i know seth chose tc to win which actually it, it nearly happened
2: it did can you oh. believe it I know. Can y'all believe that it almost happened, that they almost won? That
1: second half was crazy. Yeah. They didn't deserve to win. Yeah. Okay. I was in the car um, with a few minutes left trying to beat traffic, and uh, I get a call from my friends like, "Uh, we have a chance to tie this thing. It's third down, and then, uh, yeah. Adonai Mitchell happened. Yeah, and Purple
2: tears ran you through know. the stadium, and they were running through the stadium for – Almost the entirety of the game, it felt like. Uh, so much so that I did turn the game off uh, okay. going into the half. I didn't turn it back on until midway through the fourth, yeah. whenever there was a shot yeah. at, at, at a redemption. Uh, but uh, TCU, you know, I'm proud of the way that they responded to a tough you know, first half. It looked like things were going... To be, It was going to be a blowout because the last couple minutes of that second half were disastrous. So proud of that. But other than that, I feel like my biggest takeaway from this is more big picture in the sense that uh, TCU is now 4-6, and six, uh, probably will not make a bowl game. And uh, I just am disappointed by the opportunity that was squandered by this TCU team this season and that you're coming off a year where you make a national championship game and you had all the momentum in the world. For one, every time you go into a school, a recruit's house, anything, you are more validated, and you're you a are, you are thought of higher because of where you just were, right? You have more credibility because of where you just were. You can talk about yourself like you're a big dog, but you also at the same time had to back that up with a good rebound of a season. Not a national championship appearance, maybe not even a Big 12 championship appearance at all, but you had the opportunity to go in and, and, and win uh, eight nine ten games make a bowl game make a quality bowl game and, and make a statement but they didn't and that is what is most disappointing about the season is that this coaching staff squandered a big opportunity and it started back all the way in the offseason with some questionable hires that I don't wish to go into now but uh, are certainly coming back to bite them uh, right now and that is what I take away from this game they never were going to win this game that was never something that was in the cards even when it got close they didn't even deserve to but the fact that we are even here right now where they are 4 and 6 going into Baylor week and no one cares this game is on ESPN plus uh because one Baylor stinks and TCU also stinks uh the fact that we're here where TCU coming off a national championship appearance with a roster this talented and they are not going to make a bowl is extremely disappointing in an opportunity that has been squandered
0: yeah and I mean, I, this this most recent game against Texas was really it, it, it basically was was a summary of what this whole season has been, and it's been a season of missed opportunities, right? I mean, this this game, TCU obviously down um, twenty six to six at halftime. Defense steps up in the second half, only hold uh, sorry holds Texas's defense. Sorry, excuse me, holds Texas's offense to only three points in the second half, and then. You know, TCU's offense claws back, makes it a three-point game, and you ultimately lose the game. But, again, this game came down to key moments where there were turnovers, there were inefficiencies in the red zone, right? And those are two things that have plagued this team all season, and it came back to bite the team in the butt again. And it's... I think this was the perfect game that kind of just encapsulates what this whole season has been like and the frustrations that have just run through through and throughout this team
1: yeah it's been opposite of last season lots of one possession losses last year they won those games this year they haven't Uh, i think the turning points in this game was the miller bradford interception where he then coughed it up and texas was able to get three points out of it i think it was a momentum shift because really when Miller Bradford picked that ball off the student section, we we went crazy. I mean, it was, you know, a big turning point. We felt like, okay, we can, you know, maybe move the ball here and see what we can do. Instead, you give it right back to Texas, and then they get some points out of it. And then the interception by Josh Hoover at the end of the first half was pretty inexcusable. That led to points. And that's the difference between TCU winning and losing this game. Again, like Seth said, I didn't expect them to win, but it's disappointing that they came so close and, and they couldn't pull it out. And you have a third and 12 or something like that at their at the end of the game uh, at the Texas 13-yard line, and Quinn Ewers throws a dime. I mean, it's... It's a great catch by yeah. by Adonai Mitchell. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah, and I just thought, wow, like, again, it's just you got to finish drives like that. You got to get the ball back, so... Definitely disappointing. Yeah, and again, right, I mean, you, you
0: said it there, finishing drives, it's all about execution in the red zone, mm-hmm. right? And and um, you and I were at the press conference this Tuesday, and Sonny kind of compared this year's offense to last year's offense and said, look, we weren't that much better in the red zone last year, it's just we scored on bigger chunk plays. This year, we're getting into the red zone at the same rate, if not higher, but we just can't finish those drives off, right? And we saw it again. TCU had um, had uh, first and goal, maybe at their own, at, at, at their six yard line. Eventually got to the two yard line, and but they had rushed it in two or three consecutive plays. And kind of in that situation, when you know you're going to pass the ball at least once, because if you're going to go, sorry, if, if if you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, no matter what, pass the ball on either first or second down. But they continued to give it to Amani Bailey, who I can't fault because he's had a tremendous season. Yeah. But it comes down to those minuscule moments where, look, if the play calling is not right, this is the difference between beating or losing against a number 7 Texas Longhorns team, right? And and this win could have done so much for the season, right? Then you only need one win for a bowl game. Um, It can do so much just for the morale to at least walk away from the season with this type of win on, you know, on your back and kind of carrying this with you um, as as a big takeaway. But, yeah, again, it's just this game was— purely based off of missed opportunities, and that's that's really the only way I can
1: describe it. Yeah, that fade route on the fourth and goal... Don't get me
2: started. Don't yep. get me started. It's a give up, a fade call at any point in time. They called it on fourth and goal there and they also called it on the two point conversion. Yep. Uh, they called it a, f- a fade and that just seems like the ultimate give up play. It's like you're out of ideas. You can't, you're telling me you don't have a better idea than a fade call bought from a fre- freshman quarterback. You know how much, it takes so much skill to hit that consistently. Timing as yeah, well. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was pi on the two point conversion. I just don't care. You, you That's not the right play call. You at all. You've, don't. You have no. not earned the benefit of my doubt yeah. to, uh, to 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 get that. And I screwed up the the uh, the cliche there. Benefit of yeah. the doubt. I don't <laughs> I know like, why I said my doubt.
1: Benefit of my doubt. I do yeah. doubt. I, yeah. I have
2: been doubting. But yeah. again, whole season of missed opportunities. Uh, we're not even in this whole doom and gloom type talk right now. If you beat West Virginia, Iowa State. Uh, Colorado, Colorado, yeah. because at that point you're in a bowl game, and you know we're somewhat content.
1: Yeah, I think a bowl game, you just feel okay. I mean, hey, that's not the worst case scenario. It's not the best, but we'll take it. And yeah. you know, it, it sucks. uh Shout out to Savion Williams, though. Had, had a great game: eleven catches, 164 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that that's the Savion we've been wanting to see. Yeah, great game. Totally, no, he 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 really showed up, showed his leadership too, right? I mean, this is
0: fourth year here at TCU seem like it's in this game it finally all came together not to say that Savion hasn't had a good game in the past but career highs in receptions career highs in yardage coming in against a top tier team in in Texas one thing i want to point out about Savion too is um on, on last week on on a previous episode i mentioned how there's n- no real leaders that you can really point to and i'm not saying Savion is an automatic leader after this game but he said something in the presser following that game in I'm going to quote him. He said, going into the game, half of us believed we were going to win. Half of us believed we were going to lose. Mm. And again, this idea, right, of culture, team culture, right? You know, some of the hires in the offseason, you know, bringing in new guys and things like that, team culture was greatly in question heading into this year. And not to say that this affirms it, but typically players don't come out and and admit that guys on the team didn't think we were going to win, right? That's something that maybe fans, that maybe, you know, got people gossip about and say, oh, I don't think the team's head is in it. I don't think they have the right mindset. Sure, but that, that, that's that's not a confirmation that it is. But Savion Williams saying this about the team, one, it kind of confirms that, look, there are some deep-rooted issues in terms of the culture, in terms of the mindset of some of these guys. And But also I have to give him credit because – it do, but just because Savion, it doesn't seem like he cares what they think he's like look i'm I'm not trying to you know you know point fingers and put the blame towards other people but look I'm not gonna shy away from the fact that there's an issue here and I mean him saying that you know following this game I mean it, it tells you what he thinks about the the culture and that something needs to change so i i I give credit to him for saying that because because that takes you know, that takes cuts to, to come out and say.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, and I, it surprises me considering it's the last matchup against Texas. They're leaving for the SEC. You want to make a statement. Uh, get that last, that eternal scoreboard, that final laugh, and then to think, oh, we probably aren't going to win this game. That's, hmm, don't like that. But, yeah, I'm glad Savion said that. But after that loss, the team does turn the page.
0: We look ahead to TCU and Baylor. That's going to be this weekend um, on Saturday. Uh, what Saturday the 19th Is that the 18th 19th? 18th Saturday the 18th here. Um, at IMG G Carter Stadium, um, that should be a good one. Um, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Baylor obviously having a very similar season to TCU We're coming into the season hoping for for some better production and it just it, it hasn't seemed to, to have gone right in any facet for Dave Aranda's
2: team. just want to make this clear. Their seasons, yes, somewhat similar, at least record-wise. Baylor is a way worse team than TCU. They stinky poo-poo. <laughs> they suck. Yeah. And I know that this could be clipped if this game goes really bad. Mm-hmm. That does not change the fact that they suck. That just means that TCU sucks as well. Uh, Baylor lost to Houston. Baylor almost was like in a game with Long Island for a little while there. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh It's been a really tough year for them and it's hard not to feel for Dave Aranda who I enjoy as a head coach and it stinks that this is probably it I don't see a way where you can move forward if you're that athletic department with him right now as the head coach this is year four and you're going backwards they made the Sugar Bowl and won the Big 12 in 21 and ever since then it's just been downhill and that's not where you 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 need to be on the ascent right now you need to be you need to again just like TCU carry momentum out of a productive season in 2021 and all they've done is gone backwards so uh that's where I am on Baylor uh and I'm sure uh y'all feel pretty similarly about how the Bears have gone this year
1: yeah they're 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 not a good team um I I, I mean they had to come back against out of a, a miraculous comeback against UCF heck of a comeback it was and uh but since then it's been one win against Cincinnati uh, they've lost three in a row against Iowa State, Houston, and got their butts kicked by Kansas State, similar to how we did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this should be a – okay. This – I will feel good about TC winning this game. I'm not going to say it should be because, again, both teams are not performing that well. But I feel good about TC winning this game. Uh, new helmets for the Horned Frogs Yeah, look sick. Yeah. I love them. Interesting logo. I'm, I'm... – i'm not fully on board
0: with it mm. um i think it's interesting i do like last year's i am a bit of a traditionalist type of guy but interesting you know
2: interesting definitely. indeed you know interesting I was, trophy you know interesting trophy thank
1: you Ian. <laughs> he was about to say something and then he's like oh
2: the blue bonnet battle is apparently happening in fort worth on saturday but i say no The Blue Bonnet Battle is a thing conceived by governments elected not by the people, not for the people. Nuh-uh. These people made a rash decision that is not for us. TCU and Baylor have been playing for a very long time, since the 1800s. TCU began playing Baylor closer to the Pilgrims than now. That is how long they have been playing. That is not true, but it feels that way. (laughs) And it has been called the Revivalry unofficially. For so long. And the, re- the Revivalry is such a perfect name for a rivalry between two Protestant schools. And then the student governments of Baylor and TCU said, we like flowers instead for this name. And we like trophies picked up at Hobby Lobby instead. And we like to put our names, our names, S- SGA and the Baylor student government are on the back of this thing. Nuh-uh. No, no. You think that's going to convince me as a fan, as a student who elected you to do what was right, not what was for you? I am appalled by this blue bonnet battle, and I do not support it. I stand up with the people who will rush the field and steal it before the teams can can get it, and then we will throw it into Lake Worth, and it will never be seen again.
1: Dang. All right. That is an all-time rant here on Riffram Review. <laughs> I'm not— crazy against it <laughs>
2: but I, I actually love Ian, it Ian I sure. just want to you know you are a TCU transplant you are a new fan of no, TCU exactly. since 2021 exactly. I have lived and breathed this school since I was a, a mere baby yeah. and the revivalry has been a pertinent object of my life uh, for years and it has been a, even for people longer than that. And it has never been the official name. Actually, Baylor tried to make it the official name last year. They sent out multiple emails I, I saw with the revivalry as the thing. And now we're changing course, guys. What is this? The Blue Bonnet Battle? We love alliteration. We're the Riff Ram review for a reason. <laughs> but, gosh.
1: Yeah. I grew up a Texas fan, Texas Longhorns. So um, I liked. I grew up with Texas OU, Red River Showdown, Red River Rivalry. You know that's that's dope. Like that's a sick name. So pivoting to the Blue Bonnet Battle doesn't inspire much excitement uh, in me. And um, you tell that some of the players. I don't want to speak for them, but they're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's uh,
2: it, it's cool, okay
1: uh yeah it's pretty heavy too i'm like okay, how are they gonna pick it It up?
2: has straps on the back yeah, that's how heavy it yeah. is hobby lobby worked overtime on this
1: <laughs>
0: yeah no it was funny at the press store on tuesday griffin kell like walked in and he didn't actually see it i was surprised because it's like this massive thing it's on right a separate table yeah. and and you know someone asked him he's like hey you know what do you think about the trophy have you seen it it's like yeah i've seen it on twitter and then it's like sitting right next to him and he he's like oh you know takes a look it's like i guess it's cool it's like Thank and you, me, Griffin. He, he's like, that's it, but... Hopefully we can get it after the game.
2: <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. TCU plays for two trophies that are awesome. They yeah. play for a skillet, which unfortunately mm. they will no longer play for. Uh, a saddle. in a saddle. That's right? way better. I love the the, the saddle's saddle. cool. The skillet's cool as they well. They play for right? a boot or something like that. Maybe they should. But a skillet's like very... Rivalry trophies are good in their simplicity, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And there was no rivalry trophy here, but the rivalry has run deep for a very long time. I don't think if you... If you ask a TCU or a Baylor fan, hey, who's your most hated rival... We'd say each other every single time, mm-hmm. uh, and then to diminish it with such a stupid name <laughs> and such a bland trophy makes me just it makes my blood boil, guys. It makes my blood boil. I'm so angry. We're running out of time, but I'm I'm just so upset about this. And what's what's unfortunate is that our whole season has been demoted to this. <laughs> yep, pretty much. If we were if we were nine and whatever right now. I wouldn't care as much. Yeah,
0: if, if we were nine and something, TCU SGA wouldn't care about this, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't worry about making this trophy. But instead, it's a three and seven Baylor Bears team against a four and six TCU Horn Frogs team. But
2: on ESPN Plus,
0: on ESPN Plus, where you can watch that. But all right, I I, I think it's time before uh, Seth's blood begins to boil even more. I think we should get these score predictions and. So
1: Zion, I guess we'll start off with you what are your uh, predictions for this weekend's uh, game on Saturday I think TC will win this game uh, I, I think they'll win pretty soundly actually I'm, I'm hoping for that uh, my prediction is 31 to 21 the horn
2: frogs 31 21 horn frogs all right uh, I believe TCU will win as well. Uh, I believe it'll be a little bit closer, just because rivalry games are cool. You, they always tell you to throw the records out of the book, even though the records. We would both teams would love to throw the records out, and uh, you know, it's heated competition and whatever. But uh, I'll go TCU twenty-seven, Baylor twenty. Twenty-seven to twenty. Is that it? Sorry, um,
0: I'm, I'm writing this down Baylor just so talk? I have it here so I can look.
2: 27 20. <laughs>
0: All right, TC thirty one twenty one, TC twenty seven twenty. I'm debating going for like a higher score. I don't really know, but again, it's like a rivalry game, and I feel like I've every, every time I overestimate TCU, they actually really like show out in a subpar fashion. Probably gonna go with you guys. I'm 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 gonna go. Let's go twenty seven to twenty four. 24 i will keep it close. No, I'll keep it close. The It'll the be fun. Frogs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. TCU. All TCU. Right. Nice. 27-24. This is
1: the first time we've agreed well, TCU will win. Yeah. In a very, very long time. In a very, very, in long, a very long, 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 long time. time. Yeah. Yes. It's, 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 it's been it's quite probably, a while.
2: It's probably been since... Uh, uh, so is this the SMU one? No, uh, oh, no. Who'd they play in no, week two? The FCS oh, team. N- <laughs> Nichols. Nichols. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. my gosh, yeah. All right, folks. Well, that will bring us to the end of this TCU-centric segment where we kind of went over TCU's loss to Texas from this past weekend, but we also looked ahead to TCU Baylor, which is coming up this Saturday on November 18th. That's going to be at kickoff at 2.30 here at Amon G. Carter Stadium, so tune into that on ESPN+. Plus. But when we come back, we've got a lot of TCU men's and women's basketball to talk about. TCU women's basketball starting off 4-0 for the first time since 2019, and men's basketball is 3-0 so far this season. So stay right here on 88.7 The Choice. You're listening to Riff Ram Review.
2: Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right
1: Welcome back to Reframe Review right here on 88.7 KTCU The Choice. I'm Zion Trammell here with Ian Napetian and Seth Dowdle. We just talked some TCU football and we're going to stay on that TCU track talking about women's and men's basketball as their season gets underway. Uh, We'll start with the men's team I guess first. They're off to a 3-0 start as expected. A pretty good start there for TCU and Uh, Jacoby Coles averaging 18 points per game the leading uh, scorer there for the Horn Frogs. uh, They're off to a good start it's kind of a different look here no Mike Miles no Damian Baugh uh, but here comes Jameer Nelson Jr. and Avery Anderson as they look to fill that role a little bit and a uh, good start here for TCU.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna go right there after you said it. I mean, Jameer Nelson Jr. has come into this team and he's fit like a glove in that point guard role again. I think that was what the, that that was clearly one of the biggest um, maybe concerns. Right was when 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 TCU lost Mike Miles when they lost Damian Baugh, Who's gonna be that ball carrier up the court? Who's gonna lead that offensive charge? Right, Emmanuel Miller has been there for the last two three seasons. Um, Chuck O'Bannon has been there for the last seven years, uh, you know. Yeah. But I mean, really, who is going to be that ball carrier for this Horn Frog side? And Tamir Nelson, through three games, I mean, he's played 76 minutes, averaging um, he, he's averaging 25.3 minutes a game, and I mean, he's been he's been on fire. Um, he's he he put up um, sorry, I'm trying to find his point totals. Can't find it right now. But I've been watching some of the games, and he's he's really fitting well with this team, much better than I had initially expected. Um, but really impressed by TCU men's basketball and how they've started the season. I mean, they should be winning all these games, and, and, and they're doing their job. So
2: That is of note, because last year they did not win these games convincingly. In fact, they lost one of them, and that looked like it was going to derail the season. And it did not, but uh, they certainly could have gotten a better seed in the uh, NCAA tournament had they not lost to... Uh, who did they lose to? Who it was, was Pine Bluff. Did no, they we beat Pine Bluff by, like by three, one. You know. Yeah, it was like a game winner. Uh, was it Northeastern? St- Northwestern State. Oh, Northwestern state, Northwestern state University, University from yeah, Louisiana. Yes. That's right. Yes, uh, but right now, <laughs> you know, they're doing their job. They've beaten all their all, every team by twenty plus. Uh, Last night, another big win against uh, UTRGV, and they the the cupcake schedule continues with uh, Mississippi Valley State, uh, Alcorn State, and Houston Christian before uh, playing Georgetown, Clemson, and Arizona State back to back to back. Uh, When that's those games, you know, will be a little bit tougher. So it's it's good to see the team, you know, taking care of business. Uh, They're playing fast, just like they did last year when they led the uh, the NCAA. uh and when they led division one in fast break points uh, that was kind of the identity of that team and i don't expect that to change really going forward that's kind of how dixon has built it Uh, but yeah an impressive start
1: yeah one thing i want to look at from this men's team moving forward is their three-point percentage and free throw percentage because those were two really critical parts that was missing from this team so far this year they're shooting 82 percent from the free throw line they've missed seven uh this season, and they are shooting thirty-eight percent from three-point. Wow! Jacoby Cole's is six of ten from beyond the arc. That, I, I, I've mentioned him already, but man, what a, what a season he's having so far.
2: This is notable because last year, as you said, Zion, they stunk in both of those categories, mm-hmm. and the free throws really came up
1: a lot. Yeah, that's that's what killed us last year was the
0: free throws. They oh. could
2: have won so many more games that they just sunk. Like sometimes it was the case where it was like. If you just made two or three more, you win, uh, and then the three-pointer, three-point percentage. It's simply difficult to win basketball games in twenty twenty-three if you can't shoot the three very well. It is not impossible, but it's very difficult. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's just where the game is going, right? And one thing I love about this team under head coach Jamie Dixon, I mean, this has been his scheme for however you know for 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 the entirety of you know time he's been here at TCU. But it's this fast break team look for them on the transition um one thing last night when i was watching the game against utrgv i was actually working evs so i was watching it a lot um yeah but
1: in in detail
0: yeah especially in detail but the team turned the ball over so much in the first half it was one of the sloppiest games i had ever seen and i mean i'm I'm gonna give you know giving them the benefit of the doubt look this is their third game i mean you're, you're gonna have games like this but what's good is that the team hunkered down. They found their way. They got out to a good lead and then beat them by 33 by a score of 85 to 55. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going back to what you said, Zion, again, it's it's the free throws that are the biggest part for me. Free throws, yes, it says free in the name, but they really are free. You need to make your free throws if you want to win games. And, again, last season, it just came down to looking at that free throw percentage and being like, guys, we can't miss from this close away. It's, it's, it's unacceptable. And— I think again that's what was tough about last year is that tcu knew the problem they were just unable to fix it whereas this year they've gotten off to a good start hoping that that can continue and if they kind of start here this early in the season Setting those standards for the team, I can really see this team taking off once conference play hits, and and really making a good run in um, in the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, this team is deep, man. I I really like what we've got. Micah Peavy returning. Emmanuel Miller is, I think, the biggest returner. The the biggest uh, key, I guess, to yeah. to this Horn Frog team because he's kind of like a do it all player. Like he can shoot the mid range. Um, occasionally, he'll shoot a three. He's actually, what is he? three for seven from three this year. So that's pretty good. He can rebound. He can he can finish. I mean, he's got great bounce. So I, I really like that Emmanuel Miller is back, and he's going to provide a lot of critical minutes for TCU. Yeah, and personally, I, I feel that Emmanuel Miller has been and
0: will continue to be the most NBA-ready player on this TCU team. I said it when, when he first came to TCU back in 2021 from Texas A&M, he just looks like the most NBA-ready guy. He He's an all-around player, like you said. He plays defense. He knows how to use his body in the paint. He knows how to drive. But he's also a good passer of the ball. And he, he his, his ability to drive down to the baseline, pull up, and hit a mid-range jumper is just sublime. I mean, he is an all-around great athlete. I love watching him. Um, and he's going to be huge for this team. Again, like last year, Micah Peavy really stepped up. This year— uh, sorry, last year it was Micah PV and Jacoby Cole's, and it seems like they're really doing this exact same this year, which is good to see, because um, I know those two guys had a tough 2021 season, mm-hmm. well, 2021-2022 season, but really looking forward to what these guys can bring. And just like you said, this this is a really deep team. You've got a lot of guys on the bench that you can use and rotate in. So really excited for uh
1: for for what's to come. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun with this men's team, but. I got to admit, guys, I'm really excited. I'm probably more excited about this women's basketball team because last year sucked. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was terrible. They won six games last year. And here comes Mark Campbell from Sacramento State. Shout out SAC, SAC Town. Uh, And he has already, in my opinion, transformed this program um, into what maybe not in the – like this season – Who knows? Maybe they could be. But down the road, they are going to be legit. And uh, there's a lot to like here. Madison Connor is having a monster season. 22 points, eight rebounds as a guard. Uh, That's incredible. That actually leads the team. Oh, no, second on the team in in rebounds. Uh, And she's a great sharpshooter. Can knock down that three ball from any point on the court. And then you got Sedona Prince, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, she's been fantastic uh, down in that paint that, with her size and rebounding ability. But TCU's 4-0, first time in four years. I love it. Yeah, no, this this team is looking really good again. Like you said,
0: Mark Campbell's really transformed this team for the present, but also looking ahead to the future. I know we'll touch on it later, but Haley Cavender being the biggest headline um, Pretty much in college sports, I'd say, at least in in mm-hmm. basketball, in college basketball, um, over the last 24, 36, 48 hours. But again, Mark Campbell has really come in. He's imposed his game really quickly, which I'm surprised about. I wasn't sure how he'd be able to get these girls to all play the style that he wants and be as effective as they are. But he's really doing it well. Madison Connor has just been outstanding. She won Big 12. Um, player, player of the of week, the week. Um, and I mean today's uh, against Incarnate Word she had 17 points Sedona Prince at 26 points today that's a career high for her and then all these starters are playing quite a bit each of the starters today went 30 minutes or more and that was a big talking point in the offseason was getting everybody fit really right and, and and having the legs and that endurance to put these girls all the way through through these four quarters and really really happy to see this team um, they, they won eight games last season um, but so they were already there halfway basically halfway there they've won 37 percent of the games that they did last season now which is crazy so
2: i have a question looking at their non-conference schedule and let's play a game you want to play a game let's l- do it a l- little l- game
0: let me get up their non-conference schedule let's
2: <laughs> predict their record heading into conference play against byu on december 30th all right they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine non-conference games remaining before December 30th when they play BYU. What do y'all think their record will be heading into that game?
1: I mean, looking at the teams here, they've got Army, UTEP, Nebraska, Tulsa, Abilene Christian. I, I don't know these teams personally so i don't know uh, wh-
2: go off go off brand go, recognition you know
1: yeah i mean maybe abilene christian might get a win i don't know uh, I don't, I'm, seriously acu comes into that for me just one thing about baseball yeah cause they always have our number yeah exactly um i'm gonna say seven and two maybe eight and one maybe but i think through s- that
2: stretch of nine games
1: yeah i think I'm, so i'm there too I- i'd say seven and two um
0: i i don't know much about the teams that they're coming up to play but a lot of these games are at home for tcu that's big and that's huge
2: only two of them are not yep uh, and,
0: and that's for a st petersburg yeah. showcase down in florida too yeah so. and
2: that's and that's notable you know you know while non-conference crowds for both men's and women's are not usually you know the biggest raucous crowds yeah. uh we saw today that uh there can be raucous crowds if you give them a reason to come and these cr- these these kiddos there was 3200 what like elementary school kids field trip day oh it was so loud it was so loud i ventured over there just to like see what's going on i I was thinking about maybe i'll i had some time i might just pop in for like 15 minutes or so i could hear them outside the arena my jeez and uh that deterred me from going inside Cause I was like, I might be the only person I'm only adult in this room right now. I don't want to be a babysitter of 3,200 kids. If, <laughs> exactly. I, if I, if I have to, but yeah, I think I'm with y'all. I think there might be like one hiccup, you know, there's always the, the thing about that, that not worries me, but you know, could get them is that this is still a new team. And we kind of have seen it a little bit. Uh, they're all, you know, new, at least a lot of the starters. So chemistry issues, you know, could arise at some point. You never know. Uh, and, and, you overlook someone. You look look ahead games. It's whatever, but I'd, I'd say going into non conference, going into conference play, uh, I think TCU will uh, go eight and one over yeah. the stress.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's important that they get some more production from the bench. Yes, in this game today, they got three points off the bench, and it was an and one by uh, Deja Turner. Yeah, so uh, they, they're going to need some more uh, help off the bench if if they're going to be able to because you can't. Send send your players, your starters, out for that long, that consistently. It's going to wear down on them eventually.
2: It, it it would be nice to get that prior to conference play because you don't want these guys worn out um, before you even get to the part of the season that matters. Matters.
0: Yeah, and and I mean I, I've said this about other sports too, but really what it comes down to is that the bet it's the, the the teams that win it all are the teams that have the most depth, not necessarily the best starting five, not necessarily the best you know nine guys on the field. Not necessarily the best eleven guys on defense or eleven guys on offense. It's you look down your fifty-three man roster. You look down your entire bench in basketball. You look down the the dugout in baseball. It's it's what do those players that don't play all the time do for you, right? And it's it's important that they get into a rhythm so they know that hey, we we also have a standard for ourselves that we need to step up for the team in certain moments. Like you said, three points off the bench. Yeah, TC got the win today um, by, by, uh, six Six. points over incarnate word, which, you know, preferably it, it it should have been more. It could have been more. Um, but yeah, the, the, the teams that win it all have that depth, right. And hopefully TCU over these next nine non-conference games can kind of develop that a little more. Again, it's very early in the season. Um, but if they can develop that and have their starters continuing to play at this truly efficient rate on the court, I mean, I feel like the sky could be the limit for this team.
1: Yeah, we're excited about this women's basketball team. I uh, want to welcome Haley Cavender to Fort Worth. You chose the right school, and uh, it's it's certainly exciting seeing uh, TC Women's Basketball get mentioned on SportsCenter. Yeah, that's what pretty are, crazy. It what,
2: wasn't on my bingo card, I'll just no, say that.
1: it was It was awesome. So uh, welcome, Haley, to Fort Worth. Glad to have you.
2: Thank you, Jake Ferguson
1: yes uh, shout out to Jake as well Um, but yeah that'll wrap things up here we're excited men's women's basketball men's will play on Friday against Mississippi Valley State that's a mouthful and then the women's basketball team will play Army on Sunday so uh, yeah that'll wrap things up here for our basketball uh, segment here when we come back we'll talk about college football right here on Riff Ram Review Chris This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Riff Ram Review here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. My name is Ian Napitian, and tonight I'm joined alongside Zion Trammell And Seth Dowdle, as we just finished up talking about TCU women's and men's basketball, both teams are off to a really hot start in their 2023-2024 seasons, Uh, but now we're going to move on, getting into some college football, uh, week 11, correct? Wow. Um, Yeah. blazing through this. Seriously. The season has gone by pretty quick, and we had some really fun games on tap this weekend, Um, and and we're going to start with... The biggest headlining game of the weekend, and that was Michigan uh, against Penn State. Michigan without um, Coach Harbaugh, they got the job done. Beat Penn State twenty-four to fifteen. A very emotional interview with uh, Michigan's interim head coach after the game. I know. uh yeah, Sharon I, Moore. Yeah, I, I I know you have uh, some some comments about that. So. I
2: just think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> so Jim Harbaugh was suspended because his team was caught cheating, and. Michigan is acting like he died in the way they're talking about him. This is the second time he's been suspended for an infraction. The first time they all stood in a line and held up a 4 like that was how many games he was suspended. It was it was like the kneeling before the, before the game started like in 2020. It was like it was like that, but it's like guys, it's just your coach. He's not he's he's making millions and always is on the couch. It's fine. And then today or on Saturday they uh after the game, Sharon Moore was interviewed and he starts crying and pointing and cussing on live television, acting and it's it's like guy it's okay, Jim's Jim's in the hotel, he's fine. He'll he'll be on the plane with y'all. He's chilling. He's coaching this next week. It's okay, guys. He didn't he's 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 alive. Yeah. From the game though, uh you know who wasn't alive? Uh the the Penn State defense. Penn State defense was great. What are you talking well, about? Well, against the run. Penn State defense did everything it needed to do, but when your quarterback throws for 70 yards, yikes. Yep. J.J. McCarthy going for seven for eight for only 60. I can't not, believe they ran the ball they so They did not much. throw a pass in the second half. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That was insane. That's that's intense. Uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards uh, had a pretty good game. But, yeah, I, I think the story here is that Penn State's offense uh, has not played up to par uh, to what I think the defense can only do so much Um, that lost Ohio state. They scored 12 points and it was miserable trying to watch them move the football down the field. And they got cooked by, by Marvin Harrison jr. And this game, uh, the Penn state offense could not do anything and they got cooked by Blake Corum. So that's the difference between them not being a playoff contender and one of the top teams in college football and why Michigan and Ohio State are, is uh, they have slightly better offenses, and uh, Penn State's offense came up short again.
2: Yeah. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator mm-hmm. after the game. Uh, what stinks about it is that this if you ask a Penn State fan or just anyone you know around uh, the Nittany Lions, they'll probably say to you, yeah, we really like the talent on this team, at least on the defensive side. That defense did everything it was asked to do. I mean, um, obviously, yes, they ran the ball down their throat but a little bit. But at the same time, they p- pretty much neutralized J.J. McCarthy from the start. Yeah. I mean, they weren't throwing it for a reason. They found that you know running the ball was going to be more successful, and it obviously was. But one of the reasons that they ran the ball so much is because they were confident that even if they get stuffed on th- – three consecutive downs, if they punt it, it doesn't matter because Penn State's offense is going to do anything because when Drew Aller threw a pass, uh, no one, including him, knew where it was going.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they opened up the second half with a fumble, which led to a Michigan field goal. Then after that, uh, they punted one, two, three, three times, then a turnover on downs, then a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game. Um, that, I mean, that's not a recipe for success. They had, what was it, 19 total yards, 23, yeah, 23 total yards before that touchdown. So um, it's just not going to cut it. And for Michigan, uh, it's, it's a hurt, the final hurdle that they'll need before they get to Ohio State. Uh, they have Maryland next, uh, this Saturday. Um, so that, that'll that be the final final hurdle.
2: Maybe Jim Harbaugh will be alive this week, and we can all uh, act like he's fine. He's fine, guys. He's literally fine. He cheated, and he's fine. <laughs> he is fine. He is fine.
0: Well, moving on, again, Michigan beating Penn State 24-15. to They ran the ball down the throats of the Nittany Lions. Um, but we want to talk about Washington. Michael Penix, Jr., um, 24 for 42 for 332 yards and two touchdowns in the Huskies' 35 to 28 win over the Utah Utes. Um, Washington now 10 and 0 on the season. Utah goes down to seven and three. But man, Washington is really just. I mean honestly congratulations to Washington this is great for the Pac-12 this is great for college football again I'll say you know I'll I'll, I'll say it again just like we did last week but Pac-12 is having perhaps its best season and it's final you know year of existence unfortunately but Washington is almost there to the end next week and they've got number 10 Oregon State and then Washington State to wrap up this the, the regular season but they 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 got the job done against uh, Utah
2: I have a take About Washington. Yes. Because of the national narrative about them and how people feel about them. They feel a lot like last year's TCU team in the sense that I'm seeing a lot of narrative talk about how they're not good enough. That defense is objectively not great. Uh, And they're not even favored this week against Oregon State, which on its face you would say, what in the world? This reminds me a lot of TC last Texas. year, TC Texas going into that, and it's a little bit different. It's also it is a purple team against an orange team. <laughs> uh, I'll say that, it but it feels a lot like it doesn't matter what they do, no matter if they win, no matter you know they pull, they pull out these ranked wins a lot, they still are talked about like well, it doesn't matter if those if that game was played again, they're going to lose or something like that, and that's what's been talked about a lot with the Oregon Washington game, and we're probably going to get that rematch, and 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 hopefully we. Uh, you know, that, that we get the answer to that question, which I think is why it's so stupid that we're even talking about if Oregon played Washington again, they'd beat them. Well, they probably are going to, so we, can we just table that conversation until it actually happens, please? Because at the moment, Washington's offense is rolling and they're doing everything they need to do. They just beat a 16th ranked Utah team. Am yep. I reading that yep. right? Bad, I had bad eyesight. And Michael Penix Jr. continues to have a great year. Uh, Heisman, frontrunner at this point. But I am just sick and tired of. Of, you know, and yes, objectively, they might not be as great as the other top four teams. But at the same time, I mean, if they keep winning, you can't continue to quote unquote disrespect them, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's exactly like TCU. You got to reward them for winning their games. They got over a Utah team that USC failed to do last year and we've mentioned how Utah can just be disruptive and Washington got the job done in the defense uh, got that takeaway at the end to seal it but yeah Michael Penix Jr. is probably one of my favorite players in college football right now I, I think him Marvin Harrison Jr. those are two of my favorites uh, to watch but yeah he's having a terrific season and you just got to reward Washington for winning uh, you can't exclude them especially if they can go undefeated the rest of the way
2: what's crazy and like I get it now because we're- And it's pointless to talk about rankings now. The the whole talk about, you know, should they be ranked fourth or should Florida State be ranked fourth right now, it doesn't matter because things are going to come out in the wash. You know, people are going to lose. Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other, right? Uh, Washington has to play potentially Oregon again, and that could be a loss. So all this conversation about playoff talk, again, like last year, it's like, this is all this is this usually sorts itself out usually at the end there are four deserving teams and we all know who they are
1: yeah florida state's got a pretty good shot here i think what, what do you think seth i think they've got a pretty good shot yeah to make it.
2: I, I like them i like that team a lot and i'm happy for them. i like jordan travis i like what mike norvell's doing there we'll talk a little bit about florida state in the not directly when we I, we are going to talk about jimbo i hope we we'll to oh, yeah. talk about jimbo in a second but i like what florida state's doing that turnaround that norvell's done for that program is great um so yeah, I, I think that they have a good shot. They're going to play Louisville, I think. Pretty much no matter what in the ACC championship, yeah. I think they have a good yeah. shot at that their, game.
1: Their path is is easier than Oregon, Washington, uh, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah,
2: probably. for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, now moving
0: on to Big Twelve. There's a little bit of a shakeup. Obviously, the the middle of the Big Twelve is just the. I mean, the way we've described it is 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 you know have your pick after about the top two, top three. Can be a real mix of teams that you want to choose. And, Who's going to win? Yeah, no and, one and, knows. and that was kind of the case this weekend. The Texas Tech Red Raiders went into their game against the Kansas Jayhawks four and five, and they are now five hundred after a sixteen to thirteen win over the Jayhawks. Um, Texas Tech taking a big step towards their bowl eligibility with this win. Um, Kansas was seven and two coming in coming into this game. Um so a big win for uh, Baron Morton um, and Texas Tech Taj Brooks continues to run the ball well 33 carries for 133 yards and a touchdown. So dang
1: it Kansas. <laughs> dang it man. And dang it Oklahoma State. Come on guys. I mean you just ah. Oklahoma State just got a huge win. Uh Kansas who did they who did they play last who did they just played um They beat OU last week, right? No. They beat that Baylor was 2 weeks ago. 25 yeah but still dang it man you guys really just uh, that that's frustrating good for texas tech i guess
2: yeah uh it sucks i'm a big kansas you know apologist for football right now uh yeah oklahoma state what happened man you get your you got waxed by the by the by the gold knights That was a very lame performance, but they are still somewhat in the driver's seat for that two spot in the Big 12 championship because they own so many tiebreakers against the teams behind them, but really uh, makes it, you know, less certain because they can't have another misstep.
1: Yeah. I'm like, you just, we were just hyping y'all up last week and then you lose 45 to three to UCF. Are we
2: kidding? Like what? Baylor beat UCF guys. Come on.
1: RJ Harvey. 24 carries, 206 yards, and three touchdowns for UCF.
2: little hangover from Bedlam, uh, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Definitely tough for the Jayhawks.
0: But uh, one thing that isn't tough is, uh, could you imagine getting fired from your job and earning $75 million?
2: I can. I saw it happen this week. <laughs> I can. I did see it happen this oh, week.
0: Jimbo Fisher.
2: Congratulations, wow. man. I just can't do anything but, but give him congrats. That's just good for him. Could you imagine
0: you you get hired for a job, right? Just a, just imagine you get hired for a job, and you're like, man, I really suck at this job. I'm about to get fired, and they're like, we'll fire you, but we got to give you all this money because it's a part of the contract.
2: And then you think, like, man,
0: I should have done this on day one. And then you go and kiss, <laughs>
2: and then you, you go and kiss your agent's feet for running laps around the athletic department at Texas A and M.
1: Yeah, Texas A and M got least, Oh my goodness.
2: At the end of the day, I was reading that at the end of the day, because they're gonna have to pay that buyout. Right, they've yep. already paid him twenty or so million dollars for the years he's been yep. under contract. They also are going to have to pay the buyouts of the coaching, the supporting coaching yeah. staff. Then they're also going to have to pay the buyout of the head coach. They're probably going to hire from somewhere else because they're a And M likes to make big splash hires, so can't imagine that buyout's going to be cheap. Plus, you're going to also have to pay the new contract for that coach. So this could. Easily exceed $170 million by the end of it, but good thing we got that West Texas oil money raging into College Station because, man, if there's anything you can credit the Aggies, is that no matter what and no matter at what cost, they are determined to win and they are going to try their best to do it. And it, they for that, fail. I respect them. I respect them. They fail, but I respect the eagerness to, to try and build a winner. We,
1: we plan to increase tuition by ten percent. Uh, <laughs> Our football team that's, must win
2: eight games again.
1: That's actually TCU. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yikes. Uh, maybe twenty percent, maybe you know, just to cover costs. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Well,
1: what? Just, just curious. What would you guys do with seventy-five million if you were given that? <laughs> um, if I was given seventy-five million dollars. Uh, well like okay there's I wouldn't so know what to do there's yeah. so many
2: things you can do I wouldn't
1: tell anybody about it except for my parents <laughs> yeah I mean i definitely like help you know I, I could pay off school yeah Uh, you know buy my parents a house
2: okay fun answer do a fun answer now do okay a non-realistic yeah, yeah, answer yeah yeah yeah
1: okay I would buy
0: season tickets for as many seats as possible for TC football games
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would buy a lake house Oh. And get some jet skis and yeah, something like I
2: that. I would buy out Jim Harbaugh's contract at Michigan <laughs> oh to become God. the contract become the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Such a you answer. and then I would oh cheat God. and I would continue the cheating operation. I would hire spies to go into every stadium, and but then I would dress up as Jim Harbaugh. People would people would, people wouldn't realize that I had bought out Jim Harbaugh's contract, and they would think that I was Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, but then you have to match his arrogance, and you know nobody likes that.
1: You know what I would do? I would buy a zoo and say, take that, Matt Damon. We bought a zoo. You know what I'd do? <laughs> I'd buy the forward zoo. I would, I, would,
0: I would email John Fisher and say, hey, I'll give you $75 million to, to, to give me the ace so I can keep him in alcohol.
2: You know what I would do? There you go. I would oh. buy John Fisher a, a car. For $20 million, and then I'd spend the other $55 million uh, to buy out Jim Harbaugh's contract at Michigan and become there the coach go. of the Michigan Wolverines. So there you go.
0: A lot of what-ifs. Wouldn't this be great? Yeah. We'd
1: do a whole podcast about what would you do know, $75 million It is. would
2: be great if Jimbo Fisher donated that money to a group of boys that work at this radio station that are in need of some money. Yeah, mm-hmm. 25 each, right? It's a chip. To
1: charity. Give me a million. I don't even need 25. It's a
2: tax. It's a tax write-off. Jimbo, do
1: it. Yeah, please. I would take more than a million. A little bit. Yeah,
0: I'd be a little more greedy. Ah. There's there's a lot of stuff we gotta pay off eventually. Yeah, yeah
1: we gotta get there eventually. But
0: the, all right, folks. Aside from all the little fun games we've had, it was a great uh, weekend of college football, and um, we're we're glad to bring that to you again for another week of Reframe Review. But we've still got one more full on hour here to go from seven to eight PM. Here we've got NFL coming up, NHL and NBA, and we're gonna talk about. Formula One. It's making its debut on Riff Ram Review in the final segment, but stick right here on 88.7 The Choice. You're listening to Riff Ram Review. Babe!
1: Babe! I'm right here. Oh, hey. Could you tie my shoes? Because, you know, I can't with... Your lobster claw hands. You know, I don't think this is working out.
2: I hope this isn't because of my... Because if it is, I think that's pretty superficial of you.
1: What? Yes, no... You're a karmic nightmare. I mean, why do you think you suddenly grew lobster claws for hands? It's just a bug or something. You have bad karma. What were you doing right before the claws? Nothing. Shooting bottle rockets at paddle boats. Right. So maybe some good karma, like helping out in the community, working at a soup kitchen, something. Or maybe there's a lotion or something, a cream. Lobster boy cream? Yeah, something like that. Okay, fine. Hug? No.
2: Stay on the universe's good side. Volunteer, vote, get involved, and get yourself to getgoodkarma.org. getgoodkarma.org, brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: Welcome to Riffram Review, right here on 88.7 KTCU The Choice. I'm Zion Trammell, here with Seth Dowdle and Ian Napetian. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NFL, and there was a lot that happened this week, so we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get straight into it. Uh, since there are two Cowboys fans here, we have to talk about the butt whooping that they gave to the Giants. Part 2, uh, 49-17. to uh, just a monster game from Dak Prescott, 404 yards and four touchdowns. Ceedee Lamb is the best wide receiver in the NFL. That is satire, but he's certainly making a case for top five. And uh, it was just a dominating performance by Dallas. Uh, Dak owns the Giants.
2: I wish we could play those videos I was showing all before of that, that Giants, Giants fan, fan of just him. Matt Salata,
1: you
0: mean? <laughs> 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 Matt Salati is one of our uh, mutual friends. He's a big Giants guy. Yeah, yeah. and he, he was probably bad. more
2: sitting in silence, less so screaming at his yeah. screen like this guy was. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, just a little butt whooping. And you don't need to say too much about it because the this that was what was expected.
1: Yeah, and uh, this is a good opportunity for the Cowboys to pick up some wins. they got Carolina and Washington coming up whereas the Eagles play Kansas City and uh, Buffalo and San Francisco. So they got some tough matchups here um, in the NFC East. But a uh, great win for Dallas. Uh, we're going to move on, though, because that's that was expected. I could talk about it forever, but, you know, uh, the Giants suck. So um, <laughs> I don't like the Giants. I Poor really, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I really he, he, don't. He probably went home and was like, Mom, you made, me some, you made me some food. Yeah, his family was all there to watch him struggle to get a yard in the first oh. two possessions uh
2: <laughs> what was that play call yeah did y'all see the lip readings yeah that was oh,
1: pretty yeah. funny. that's right yeah <laughs> and it's like it's like it, i'm
2: sorry we can't trust your son to throw a 15 yard pass out out of, out of his own end zone
1: it wasn't even 50 like it was you know five yeah. yards i mean anyways uh we're gonna move on texans beating the Bengals 30 to 27 cj stroud might be entering the MVP conversation potentially uh if he keeps this up. It was a monster game here for him and and uh, rallying the troops um to, to getting a win on the road to beat the Bengals. Yeah, no, Texans, I mean, I,
0: I, I feel like the Texans are a bit of like the 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 new like version of last year's Detroit Lions. Like you really weren't sure what to you know what to expect. You knew they were gonna put up a good fight, but you know, five and four is much better than I thought they'd be. Especially again, like we said last week, C.J. Stroud being a rookie, he's performing like he's a you know in his third season. Um, the way he's throwing the ball, the way I mean, his pocket presence is great. He's a big, athletic quarterback. knows how to move around. But again, I mean, the guys on this Texans team, at least for me, I won't speak for everybody, but for me, I was like, I don't know who he's gonna throw to. <laughs> I mean Noah Brown led this game with seven receptions and
2: 172. Do yards. not disrespect the great name of Noah Brown.
1: Uh, he was used on the Cowboys yes. to run block and that's it and now he's a beast.
2: I have a pitch about this Texans team. Okay. What is y'all's opinion on making them the team of riff ram review?
1: No. No, I'm sorry. Nope. No. Can't do it. I can't
0: I can't the do a another- team of riff, as in like a fan club of Te- of the texans like that or what
2: we just pick a team that is like our podcast's team
1: I wanted, i'm never i never doing that for I, any I, team i, I <laughs> will root for cj stroud but i can't root for another texas team even though we're not rivals with houston per se but i couldn't do it i'd rather pick like the lions that's true actually if there was a team i'd pick the
0: lions i just feel really bad it's because i've pitied them for so long yeah texans it's like Still have a little bit of ways to go, but yes, yeah. I mean, I, I I hope the Texans do well, especially under CJ Stroud. I hope he continues to have a great rookie campaign.
1: But yeah, sorry Seth, sorry. shut that I'm, down. I'm so sorry we shut <laughs> but... that down.
2: I don't feel bad at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe a little bit of panic there for Cincinnati as they're now five and four, um, and tough tough loss there. But speaking of the Lions, they had a tremendous win over the Chargers. Uh, one of the better games of this season, winning forty one to thirty eight you know this game had shootout potential it's always the case with the Chargers and uh, it came down to a Riley Patterson field goal to win it for the Lions as they go to seven and two they just keep on rolling it's uh, really exciting to see Um, they just have I just love Dan Campbell he's such a likable coach and they've got some great weapons there on offense with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, so lots of excitement there with with the Chargers, or the Lions, (laughs) Yeah, not with the Chargers. It's really interesting with the Lions, because
0: last year they had DeAndre Swift, and they had... Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, which is a really good um, kind of two-way tailback uh, core, if you will, Um, and they got rid of both of them. They got rid of both of them, came into this season, said goodbye... Brought in David Montgomery, the, the the revival perhaps of David Montgomery, who is who's had an injury ridden time um, with the Bears, and then they drafted Jameer Gibbs, and it was a really interesting kind of thing that they did because you're like, okay, you just got Montgomery, but you drafted Gibbs, and Montgomery became RB one. Once Montgomery got hurt, Jameer Gibbs really stepped up, and he's showing his his abilities a lot more um, now that we're well into the season, which is good for him, but they've really like reestablish this kind of two-way spearheaded like running back core of Montgomery and Gibbs I mean Montgomery had 12 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown this weekend he's as as long as Montgomery stays healthy and he has a decent offensive line in front of him he can be one of the most dangerous running backs in the league especially when he get down there near the goal line and for Gibbs he's a guy that can run but he's also a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield um, which allows for Dan Campbell's offense which is already pretty elaborate to really open things up offensively.
2: Watching Texans highlights over here. So, I'll continue.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just want to watch your team. All right, fair enough. Uh yeah, no, it's it's a great great win for Detroit for the Chargers side. Uh, shout out to Quentin Johnston, got his first career touchdown. Uh, Took
2: long enough that they used him the right way.
1: Yeah, he had four catches for 34 yards. Uh Keenan Allen had a monster game. Uh, I actually acquired him in fantasy like Saturday in a trade I got him and Travis Kelsey on Saturday night for who uh Tony Pollard DK Metcalf and LaPorta Ooh,
2: oh highway wow. robbery man yeah that's, that's highway a good robbery trade you. because yeah. you're you're just you just potentially drafted a top 5 receiver this entire season and yeah. Keenan Allen and I've Tyreek Hill and also getting Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. who uh has played very well since he got himself a lover
1: yeah, and I got uh, running backs. I'm smooth there. You know, I got Kenneth Walker, A Chain, Madison. Kenneth Walker needs to step
2: up.
0: Yeah,
1: getting a little frustrated here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, you need to. Hey, sorry. this is what you need to do. All right, so, take him in the locker room, little private, yeah. uh, private manor, uh, head coach meeting, and say, Hey, Kenneth, here's the deal. All right, you're not the production right now is not good enough, and you know we're just gonna have to bench. You might have to bench him. Might have to bench him. to send a message.
1: Yeah, you might have to. You know, Okay, so I, I, one thing I was going to say, though, about that trade is I did it on Saturday night. I'm like, okay, I'll just have them next week. I wake up, and the commissioner who made the trade with me just processes the trade. I mean, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, hello, you could have given me a notice. I yeah. almost left with three players in my lineup like on the bench yeah. i was like bro do you like want me to lose i think he did want me to lose yeah um and i did actually <laughs> so oh, did you yeah unlocked. i lost 140 to 143 i was so disgusted um but i am happy to have keenan allen um on the squad there you go uh anyways f- not enough fantasy football talk uh we got to talk about this broncos bills ending oh lord oh god I just, man, I'm not going to say it, but, man, (laughs) that's just a brutal way to lose a game. That's such a
2: a Texas A&M way to lose a game, the 12th man, so to speak. Yeah,
1: first of all, Buffalo should not have been in that situation in the first place. They should have rolled through a pretty weak Denver team, especially given the expectations of this team with Josh Allen. You you, you just wonder, when are they going to get over that hump? When are they going to finally – really prove themselves as a top team in the NFL. And they had a shot, and they had 12 men on the field. Will Lutz misses the kick, and then they 12 men on the field, and then he makes the next one, and they lose at home. Josh Allen throws two interceptions. Uh, Bills, man, they're hmm, not that good. Five and
2: five. They're not in the playoff picture right now.
1: Yeah, the the Bills have,
0: over the last, well, maybe – Three and a half, four years. This was their window to really win something big, and they've great. They, they've missed a great opportunity. Yeah, they
2: squandered it it. it. it feels like they were 13 seconds away from winning a Super Bowl. <sighs> yes, because I think they might. They had a really good shot that they year. They did. They did. It just came down to. A is that toss. the closest they're ever going to be in the at least in the near future? That's Probably. certainly a question. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Doesn't seem like Stefan Diggs is
2: wanting to be there anymore.
0: Yeah. It, and what Trayvon Diggs said too. That's yeah, that was um, kind of interesting. I, I'm I'm never a fan of the of the politics in sports, not not political, you know, discussion in sports, but the politics that players play with other teams. And it's just like, look, play your game, do your thing. Don't try to recruit. and it's stuff. It's, 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 it's like silly bro. season. It's his bro, though.
2: It's his it bro. Yeah,
0: but it's silly season. That's what they call it in F1 when everyone's talking about oh trades and things like that. It's like it's silly season. Just look. You know, with the team, focus. You
1: lost, I don't think you should be focusing on anything else but fixing it. Yeah, but if Stefan, you know, you want to come to Dallas, like, we're glad to have you. I also you. think what, what, we'll <laughs> what
2: Stefan Diggs put on his Instagram story was, if it's a real quote from Josh no, Allen. Fate. Well, if it was real, that is the funniest thing that Josh Allen could have said in that scenario. <laughs>
0: yeah. What, um, what did he say,
2: uh, I did, He was like, uh, he, he, he said, "I want like, the ball more." And then Josh Allen. He's should
0: go put on a Broncos jersey. <laughs> that's what it said. Oh yeah, as a joke. Yeah, that is yeah. the funniest thing. Yeah, I I hope that that's not real. I
1: really. I,
2: hope, I, hope I don't it is. think it is, but yeah, I hope it is real. I hope yeah. he actually said that.
1: Yeah, the, there's. Oh my gosh, I'm like looking through all the games. There's so much that happened uh kyler murray returned he led to win for the cardinals we're not going to talk about it that
2: much his helmet is bigger now it feels like it's like a bobblehead running (laughs) around the field
1: yeah
0: (laughs) ian's face it does not (laughs) should be in center field for the oakland a's but yeah no he's not the bitterness
2: (laughs) Um, comes from the fact that kyler murray turned down a signing bonus from the a's to pursue a nfl career
0: yeah no i mean it was the right decision making it professionally in baseball is very difficult it is yeah and, but, hey, he wouldn't even be
1: on the A's right now anyways, no. would he?
2: He would have been traded to the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> the first cross-sport trade of all time. Yeah, yeah
1: awesome. it might have happened, yeah. Uh, the Steelers beat the Packers 23-19. to uh, Somehow they have six wins. I have no idea. Same record
2: as the Cowboys.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, Got to shout out Josh Dobbs for rallying the troops and getting another win. The Vikings are 6-4, and four, um, and... He's just one of the best stories in the NFL this season. I love what Josh Dobbs is doing. Um, It's
2: pretty awesome. He's my astronaut king. Yeah.
1: Um, Jameis Winston came in. Oh, my God. Dude, he threw a touchdown pass. It is one of the most Jameis Winston plays you will ever see. Bro went... I don't know how many yards back. I don't know back. how he
0: opened up his hips and his shoulder and threw it all the way
1: across, literally across
0: <laughs> the field, like yeah. bench to bench type. I was dying. I, I
2: love that man so much, by oh, the way.
0: Only Jameis Winston can make that
2: God. So
0: I, I think Jameis had, like, two interceptions, like, in the same quarter. Both of them were, like, deep shots to, um, to um, I forgot what his name was, but they were both deep shots to, to one of their wide receivers. So after that, you're just like, okay, maybe he'll probably take care of the ball a little more. But then he goes against all odds. Yeah. Does exactly what, what 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 coaches say not to do and throw across your body, throw across the field. <laughs> But he throws a dart. <laughs> it's I, a
1: throw that only he can think about and also make it at the yeah, same time. I, he I threw love, it like 50 yards to get in a 12-yard touchdown. I love
2: that man so much because just the stories that come out about him, and just they're so funny. After he had that 30-interception season, oh he was God. like, by the way, I'm getting LASIK surgery. And it's like, you couldn't see? This entire <laughs> time, you couldn't see? <laughs> yeah,
1: and he also threw for like 30-something touchdowns that same season and had like 5,000 passing yards.
0: Yeah, and, and then when he got replaced, by Brady, he, he came out, he, he said something to the press. He's like, hey, you know what? I think getting replaced by Brady says something.
1: <laughs> I'm like, no, he doesn't. I'm
0: like, that doesn't mean anything, dude. He just had a 30-30 year yeah. of touchdowns and picks.
1: <laughs> yeah, what are you talking I love, about?
2: I love him so much. And every single time, like, I hate that Derek Carr got hurt. Obviously, I, yeah. I don't like that for him. But the fact that the alternative is Jameis Winston makes the it so t- fun. The TV is staying on. This yes. is not. We are not turning it off because, as you said, it will go from Jameis. What are we doing to Jameis? Wow.
1: <laughs> what are we doing? Oh
0: my
2: gosh! It worked.
0: The NFL needs Jameis Winston. Yes, it. it 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 breathes
2: life into me. It when. does. Jameis, Jameis Winston Win- is the reason Jimbo Fisher won a national championship at Florida State, yes. and he is the reason I watch the Saints.
1: Yeah, they're a pretty boring team without him. So yeah, uh, you know, and and Kendrick James as well. Winston. What a, what a what a game! Um, and and shout out Josh Dobbs for getting the dub. Uh, finally, Browns Ravens thirty three to thirty one. Dustin Hopkins gets his revenge and another game winning kick. There were so many of those this weekend. The
0: last two weekends of NFL football have actually been um, very reminiscent of college football. Yeah. Game's chaotic. coming down to the wires. Chaotic, exactly. Um, just fun. Just fun. You know, I mean, yes, s- uh, sloppy, yes. I prefer it. But it makes it fun. Yeah. It really makes it a
1: fun watch. Um, Ravens
2: kiss a death from Zion after he shouted them out Dude, and said that they're Super Bowl contenders. Come
1: on, guys. What are we doing, man? That that sucks. I I actually wanted the Ravens to win that game. Um, and Lamar threw two interceptions. They'll be okay. Cleveland's obviously got a really good team. Uh um,
2: well, they don't have a quarterback anymore.
1: Yeah. He's he's not even like Deshaun Watson even that good though. I think they'll be okay. I Who's I who's their backup?
2: Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson.
1: Oh, oh, who? I thought it was P, did PJ Walker. Dorian Thompson-Robinson get, is oh, Dorian the Thompson. announced
2: starter by uh, Kevin Stefanski.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson's better, but I like I don't think he's I don't think Deshaun Watson it's not the the Sean Watson of old and I think the Browns are paying the price for trading for him and giving him a crazy contract. A
2: Jimbo Fisher S contract.
1: Yeah. I will continue to I'm, talk
2: about Jimbo till I die.
1: Yeah. Uh, Five teams converted a game-winning field goal with no time remaining. The most game-winning scores with no time remaining ever.
2: Is that including the Monday Night Football game? No, it's
1: only on Sunday. It was only on Sunday. So there was uh, Arizona, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, and Seattle, and then uh, Denver. So six. That's insane. And the one game that I watched the most in detail was the Cowboys kicking the – beating uh, the Giants (laughs) – I was kind of zoned out there, and then I was like,
0: oh, okay, the silence was happening. We don't
2: have any words coming out of Zion's mouth. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing, Zion. Who do you think – who are you saying is the Super Bowl contender this week?
1: Uh, I'm not uh, – I mean, I, I still think Kansas City and Baltimore in the AFC. San Francisco had a bounce-back week. And uh, I – Yeah. I really like, obviously, what San Francisco is doing. And then in Philly, um, probably. They will all
2: lose next week.
1: I, I, I'm saying this on purpose. I think the Eagles are the best team ever and that. Uh, oh, gosh. Now now I can get clipped for that. Retract. Oh, Retract. No, 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 no. Uh, the Eagles are going to lose. So.
2: Interesting. I, Interesting. Uh, well, you heard it here first. Zion thinks that those four teams will all win the Super Bowl, which is impossible to happen.
1: <laughs> hey, you never know. Well, maybe in an alternate rea- reality.
2: Oh, man. It, it, crazy. You could, crazy. I could totally see the NFL selling out and being like, we're going to have four Super Bowls this year. So give us that yeah, money. It's...
1: Finally, the Cowboys could do it. Maybe.
2: They still wouldn't do they
1: it. It'd still get bounced. No. Uh, anyways, that was a chaotic NFL segment, but that was a lot of fun, though. We it was. A lot, lot of excitement from the NFL. Yes. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the NHL and the NBA. Uh, we're going to talk about my journey a little bit as I uh, have started to work my way into my Dallas Stars fandom a little bit. So that's coming up next right here on Riff Ram Review.
2: Today, my new dad and I shot off a rocket in the park. Today, my new son and I failed to shoot off a rocket. He knew exactly what to do. It's not, I had no clue what I was doing. We set up the rocket. We set up the rocket. Hit ignition. Hit ignition. And then... And then nothing. ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Sometimes I laugh when I'm frustrated.
0: Then out of nowhere, the rocket launched into the air.
2: The rocket did get into the air.
0: I've never seen anything fly so high.
2: And then crashed into a kite. Look, out, look out! And then the pond. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day, even if I tried. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Riff Ram Review here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. My name is Ian Napitian, and I'm joined alongside Zion Tramwell and Seth Dowdle. As now we're gonna get into a little bit of a half and half segment here, splitting it maybe right down the middle between some NHL and some NBA talk. We haven't talked a lot about NHL. We've talked about it maybe once or twice on the show before this, but um, Zion's going through a bit of a, um, a bit of a uh, transition transition into <laughs> into the sport. Yeah, into transition the... into the sport, yeah. <laughs> to be more precise. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> how would you tell us about your uh, story?
1: Yeah, so. I we love hockey uh, i so i'm i'm getting into the stars this year and uh, i i don't know anything about hockey okay so if you're like an avid hockey person like let me just be clear i know nothing about hockey but it has been fun to watch this stars team because they're winning they're doing they're doing pretty good um they had a loss to The golden knights which sucked apparently because you know that's i guess one of the best teams in the nhl uh but it It was was,
2: it is the best team in the nhl
1: yeah it was fun to watch them like beat uh it was minnesota they won eight to three i I didn't even know that was possible you could score eight goals in hockey i was like oh okay all right let's go um i'm i'm digging it uh so here's the thing i i've there's like three players that I've really grown to like on this uh, Dallas Stars team. Uh, Jason Robertson, that's the GOAT right there. Okay. Um, really like what he's doing. Uh, he's pretty young, right? Isn't he like 20? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like one, young. Of the, one of the young studs, I guess, in the NHL, maybe? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie Ben is the other guy. Uh, I just, I like him. He's cool. And then Jake Ottinger because he wears he wears twenty nine and that's my number so
2: he's also a sick goalie yeah and he's Super got a does.
1: sick last name Ottinger that's like the otter yeah that's cool oh is that his uh, yeah,
2: that's what we call him call him the otter yeah so otter.
1: it has been it's been fun to watch the stars this season as as they look to you know really build a title run here and I'm I'm excited to be a fan um, I'm still learning the game still learning the players so. Give me time, maybe at the end of the season, that can be a little more uh, wise, yeah. knowledgeable.
2: Yeah, we will have a time where Zion goes to a hockey game and he recounts his experience. That will yes. happen on this show. It will.
1: Yeah, it will. I, I will. I, I definitely want to go to a couple games. Seth, give me
0: and Zion, because we're both very new to hockey, and I mean, Zion's really the one getting into hockey here, but give us some hockey terms that are like, you know, we can toss around in, in conversation with other uh, hockey players. Um, Hockey fans and avid fans.
2: Okay, here just, we go. Just some general. Some general terms. Yeah. Well, we already talked about offsides on this show. We did. A little while back. We also have icing. I'm oh. not, not going to tell you all what these are. I think I know what icing is. All right. It's what you put on a cake.
1: Yeah, I tell you what. Jamie I ben, like that. <laughs> Jamie Ben really can ice, man.
2: It's not good. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Uh power play i know power power play play. that's when you have more players than the opponent yeah because of a penalty (laughs) yes uh and then we got boarding we got five minute major five minute minor those are all little terms you can use and just you know it's even fun if i don't even tell you what they are i know it's gonna be
1: bad (laughs) okay boarding (laughs) let me try is that like when you like pin someone up against like the wall
2: Somewhat, it's an illegal move where you're not like you can check people. Checking is kind of like when you like shove them into the wall a little bit, like that's called a check, yeah. And that's all that's allowed, but a board is kind of a little bit more aggressive and it is not allowed. It's a five minute major penalty. So, what's a
0: five minute minor penalty then? Uh,
2: major it's is just a minor penalty. So, that's a five minute major is that it's a, I believe, and I might be getting some of these mixed up. Uh, a five minute major is you go in the penalty box for five minutes and you are also ejected. A five-minute minor is you go into the penalty box for five minutes and you are not ejected. I believe that's oh, the distinction. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cool. It, but like a, because a usual penalty is just two minutes. But, uh, like, oh, okay. But it's you can kind of think of it like a flagrant foul. Okay. It
0: it yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, about flagrants in basketball and how that kind of equates. Um, interesting. Yeah.
2: Like one's a flagrant one, one's a flagrant, flagrant two. two. Yeah, yep.
0: exactly. Flagrant one is the minor penalty. Yes. I
2: believe that. that's the case. Uh, if that is not, hockey people... Uh, sound off in whatever comment section you are using yeah well
0: talking about flagrants this might be a good time to uh (laughs) transition to uh mr draymond
2: green he's well accustomed to the flagrant foul yeah what happened it was he
0: wasn't even involved what
2: happened zion tell us what happened
1: well it was a fight between jaden mcdaniels and clay thompson and it happened within the first couple minutes of the game uh i guess just a little bit of pushing and shoving uh Clay was not having it. He just,
2: this is basketball, by the way, guys. We transitioned. Yeah, to basketball. so I'm much more. Jamon vers-
1: Green is not a hockey player. Yeah, <laughs> I am much. He might be pretty decent, though. Honestly, he could. I mean, if he, he can if he's learn aggra- to skate, he's
2: aggressive. He's aggressive.
1: If he knows how to skate, yeah, he might. You know. Quick note: We should do a little like like
0: episode where we all go to like a hockey rink, like ice rink, and try, to ice, try skate. to
1: ice skate i've tried it was really it's bad. not gonna happen really i'll be bad. holding on the railing the whole time just and, and then you ha- and slat. then you give
2: me up and then you give me a stick and you tell me to hit a puck yeah i'm trying just to stand up right now exactly
1: <laughs> yeah but sorry go on Zion. yeah so draymond green the basketball player um got into this scuffle pretty quickly uh by choke holding rudy gobert um it was just a bizarre fight i just i don't understand it and i i think the warriors are sort of in the fault here um yes you know and of course i think minnesota escalated a little bit too but uh yeah i mean i I don't understand the actions behind draymond green we know of course the whole um incident with steven adams and uh, last year with sabonis in the playoffs it's it's been a repetitive thing and um, you know, and then you have Chris Paul on the team who has kind of been d- done some dirty things himself. Um, there was like a loose ball and he like dove into the knees of Mike Conley. So I think like Jaden McDaniels was kind of just like fed up with it, you know, and and Clay got involved, which is very rare. Um, it was an ugly scene. Draymond deserves to get suspended. That's just inexcusable. I don't care who you root for, you just cannot do that. That's 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 for wrestling wwe stuff not in the nba it's for uh, acting yeah here's the thing
2: it did feel like a wwe fight and in that sense i think it's hilarious because that's what it felt like and it was like and here he comes like i could just you could just imagine like some like music intro music for draymond as he runs across from out of frame into the frame to choke rudy gobert was he on the court whenever this happened or did he come off the bench who uh, Draymond. He was, he on, the was on the court. Okay. Yeah, it was he, within he the was first couple minutes. Out. Yeah,
0: he was trying to box out Gobert in the paint, and then butt the rebound. I think
2: All it would sort. have been funny if he was like coming from the bench. Yeah. I
0: wouldn't put it past him. He, he probably totally would, do it. would. That's totally he would. what he does. Yeah, it's like Marshawn Lynch running on the field.
1: And yeah, you just like you just cannot do that. And and that's uh, that is that's really troubling. Um, that's up there for one of the worst things I've seen Draymond do. Um, you know what? It's yeah. I don't know. That that was that was bad. Uh, I I wonder. The, yeah, the Warriors actually ended up losing that game. They made it pretty close. Uh, Timberwolves won one hundred and four to one hundred and one. Yeah, Conley um, had a dagger at the end. <laughs> yeah, and the Warriors had to get minutes from Dario Saric, Chris Paul, Brandon Poduszemski. I don't. I think that's how you say his name. He's actually looked pretty good there for the Warriors. Um, yeah, just, just bizarre, man.
2: Just bizarre. Very bizarre. I uh, do enjoy that it is given, you know, it's, it, is, it is bad, but in a in a night where not a lot of sports were happening, other than, was this last night? Did it happen it last was last yeah. night. Okay, yeah. yeah. Boring old Tuesday. We got something to talk about from it.
1: Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to mention in the NBA is the Clippers with James Harden. I believe they are 0 and 5 yep. uh, since acquiring the. No longer star guard. Um, We saw the Mavericks analyst. I can't remember his name. He went off on James Harden. Um, It's just not working, man. Like, he just – it's just not working. I I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this guy has demanded so much over the course of his career. And uh, now he wanted out of a situation with Philly. Goes to the Clippers. And they start losing. It's not a coincidence. Was
2: was this not the predictable outcome, though? No, it was no.
1: totally saw it coming. Yeah, yeah.
2: it it was uh, from the, like, I mean, I just don't know what he can do to give himself more good, it, it, like, give him goodwill at this point. Yeah. He could play better, probably, for one, uh, and start acting like he, he thinks he's a top five player in the league still. He's not. Yeah. By not the way he talks.
1: Top 10, not even top 20.
2: Yep. He has a sick beard, though.
1: Yeah, that he'll never shave because he'll never win a championship. Yeah, his plus minus minus eighteen, minus fifteen, minus six, minus twenty eight, minus three, since joining the Clippers.
2: All right, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing to imagine about James Harden, lighten the mood a little bit. What if James Harden, we get ourselves the first cross, tra- tra- cross sport trade ever, and James Harden has been traded to the New York Yankees, and to play baseball for the Yankees, but they say James you got to shave it. That's what we do here in New York. You've got to shave the beard. Yeah. What would his new nickname be other than the system or the beard?
1: The beardless. <laughs> I don't even know.
2: Um, well, he, what position would James Harden play? Why would the Yankees think this is worthwhile?
0: He'd be a first baseman. Yeah.
2: First baseman, then move to DH kind of type? Yeah. Hey, Prince Fielder vibes is what I get from James yeah. Harden.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah, can um, we, I can see him you know applying some tags at first base for pickoffs,
2: and then getting himself a funny little inside the park homer.
1: Yep, yep. And then he would want out within about ten games, yeah. I'd say, and then want to like I struck out four times last night. I don't like this. And
2: yeah. then they trade him to the Guardians, and he'd be like, I don't want to live in Cleveland. And then they'll be like, This is what you want. And then he'd be like, Why am I playing baseball right now?
1: Yeah, and send him to the Astros and say you're back in Houston. Oh. And, wrong and that's the thing, too, is Harden is taking away minutes from, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Russell Westbrook was actually doing really solid for the Clippers. Um, good defensive player, good rebounder. He just takes away minutes from guys like that, Terrence Mann. Um, and it, it just disrupts the flow. Uh, when, when Kawhi Leonard, um, I, I don't know what his, yeah, he only put up I think 12 or 11 shots uh, last night against Denver. And it's just, it's taking away those opportunities, and it's just not what the clip. the Clippers were fine. No. They didn't need to make this trade. That's what's really puzzling to me, is they didn't have to do that. They were pretty okay. They it just
2: were, reeks of desperation. They man. were
1: 3-2, and two and now they're 3-7, and seven and they just want to be the Lakers so bad. They gave up their whole future for Paul George, and that's fine. Paul George is a good player. James Harden is not a good player, and they gave up a lot.
2: I just don't get it, and it will never make sense to me. Uh, but you know what? It's fine because I'm not a Clippers fan. I don't care. Yeah, they're
1: three and seven now. That's heesh. Do
2: the here's a oh, fun game. Do the Clippers win an NBA championship in our lifetime? So give or take fifty years.
1: I would. Uh, yeah. Probably. I mean, they they have to. Hopefully. One would think. One would think if they, but you know, with the lack of first round picks they have, it's. <laughs> I mean, once yeah, once, Paul George and, the next 20. once Paul George and Kawhi leave, I mean, you're really you are now really struggling. Uh, so maybe not.
2: <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> they'll be like the Cubs. Yeah, they'll be like we've been we've been waiting for a hundred and twenty years. When was the last time the Clippers won?
1: Never. They they've never won. Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow
1: it's unbelievable. Wow. Uh shout out to the uh Rockets though. They're 6 and 3. Yes. The Rockets went on a uh, big winning streak. Yeah, they won 6 in a row. They're yep. playing good basketball. Yep. Um, good young team. Timberwolves have won 7 a, in a row. They're 8 and 2. I think some people saw that, you know, a breakout potentially coming and uh, Anthony Edwards is spearheading that. So, shout out to the T-Wolves. Shout out Joseph Gomez, big Houston Rockets guy. He's uh he's a big listener on the show. Yeah, I I like the Rockets. I used to not like them when James Harden was there. Me too. And Chris Paul. Me too. Yeah, but I like them now. They're yep. they a fun team. I didn't like them, especially when the Warriors and
0: the Rockets would go head-to-head a lot, yeah. Western Conference, you know, playoff games and stuff like that. But happy for them now. Again, very young team, a team that you can't really root against. Um, What's his name? Alprin Sengun. Sengun. Yeah. Yes, dude's really a, good. Yeah, the dude's a really fun good. guy to watch. It, yes.
2: it's, it's fun that there's like... Kind of two teams close to us, in the Thunder and the Rockets that are like two young, you know, bucks that are like fun to root for and hard to root against. Yeah, we could we could drive to go see them at home.
1: I would love to see the Thunder uh, Thunder Mavs game uh, because I'm a huge Shea Gilders Alexander fan. I know that's random, but I really am. I love his game, uh, so I would love to see that. And I just like the Thunder, Josh Giddey, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren. I got a squad. Yeah, Chet Holmgren's actually able to play now, which is yeah, good. Yeah. That was tough last year for him, I'm sure. But. Yeah. If if you guys really like want to watch like an old school NBA player watch Shea Gilgis Alexander, he I mean he has kind of that modern day, you know, shooting ability and, and dribbling, but he just lets the game come to him. He's so good. I love
2: it. I like him. And you know what? Back on your wrestle Westbrook Point, Zion. I'm gonna wear my Russell Westbrook shirt proudly now that you said that. Ooh. You have a Russell Westbrook shirt? I do. Oh. I, I bought it when stock was high in 2017. Stock was very high. MVP. Yeah, uh, and uh, stock is a little bit lower now. It is. And uh, I have worn it before, like other than like going to sleep in it, and uh, which is what it has been demoted to at this point, Ooh. which is bad. Sorry, Russ. It's like a
0: rag T-shirt.
1: Well, he does uh, you know the baby um, rocking the baby. Am I the baby? yes he's rocking seth dowdle to sleep
2: (laughs) well i will wear it with pride now and will not (laughs) wear it to sleep
1: (laughs) wait is it a thunder one
2: yeah it's a thunder shirt okay well
1: is is it a blue it's blue
2: kind of it's like a blue athletic nike shirt like that dry fit material with like russell it has like oklahoma city thunder and like a circle in the middle and then it has like number what what do you wear zero yeah zero and then it says like Russell Westbrook on it and Westbrook on the back yeah (laughs) Oh,
1: sorry (laughs) yeah he's actually turned his image around a lot I think a lot of people are starting to like him again every
2: time I see it in my closet it takes me back to a simpler time you know back when Colin Cowherd had beef with Russell Westbrook and every time they would talk it'd be like hey let's just calm down yes yep you don't watch the games that was
0: like what pure like 2015 2016 time right yeah yeah
2: yeah,
1: and you know how I mentioned uh, Harden's bad, like plus minus. Westbrook's has been like plus one, plus ten, minus twenty six, but then plus Boy. five and plus seven. So hey, he, stock is stock is rising. He's doing. He's playing. He's playing decent. Not not crazy. Don't but, be
0: quick to sell. Yeah, stock always comes back up. Yeah, that's why. That's why you keep the shirt, that's why, boys. That's it, why it you is. keep the shirt.
2: It is exactly. Does that wrap this up?
0: It does. I and I completely we- forgot that I was spearheading this uh, segment. <laughs> I, I apologize. I went into a bit of a uh, very sleepy mode. He went to mm. a Las
2: Vegas F1 day, so to speak. I yeah. did, because that's what's coming
0: up next. I'm really excited for this segment. But that will bring us to the end of the NHL and NBA segment. I'm um, talking a little bit of Stars action, some headlock action with Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. Um, and, yeah nba season's off to a great start really excited for some of these young teams to continue showing their worth but up next we've got some formula one talk debuting on Ram review right here on 88.7 the choice
2: hi betty oh hey bob isn't your sister joining us for lunch no no she hardly comes out anymore she's been pretty depressed lately Oh, why is that is something wrong Well, her doctor says she has macular degeneration. That's
0: one of the leading causes of vision loss for people over 55.
1: You know, my doctor told me a few years ago that I had macular degeneration and that it was progressing. So I've been vigilant about seeing an eye doctor. And I quit smoking. I I eat foods that might help it from progressing any
2: further. Well, is there a cure? Well, while there's no cure, there, there is hope thanks to the Foundation Fighting Blindness. They sent me a free information packet on current treatments, clinical
1: trials, and the latest research on macular degeneration. That is good news. I should have my sister call them. Do you have their number? Yeah, sure. Their number is 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-254-6363.
2: Great. I'm going to tell her to call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today.
1: Welcome to the final segment of episode 12 of Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 FM, KTCU The Choice, your choice for college radio. I'm Zion Trammell here with Seth Dowdle and Ian Napetian. Our final segment debuting on Riff Ram Review is F1. Seth, give me the music. Formula One is coming to Las Vegas, November 16th to the 18th. Formula One will light up the sports and entertainment capital of the world on November 16th for an unforgettable race cutting right through the neon heart of the city on the Las Vegas Strip. The Las Vegas' Grand Prix 3.8 mile track will weave past world famous landmarks, casinos, and hotels as drivers push their luck to breaking points. At speeds of up to 212 miles per hour, that is such a random number. The stakes have never been higher. That's
2: it. Very nice. That was very good. I like that. That Was Was that you was
1: that ChatGPT,
0: or was that a previously written thing? That That was pretty good. (laughs) On the
1: Formula One. Wait for it. Yeah. That was on the Formula One Las Vegas um, website, and I felt that was a little overdramatic, so I had to do the I liked it.
2: 212 miles per hour. (laughs) It's
1: like, why that number? But, um, yeah, so uh, that's happening this weekend. Uh, Pretty exciting stuff. At midnight, Central Time. Midnight Central Time, 1 a.m. East Coast, 10 p.m. West Coast. Yeah, we've seen Formula One come to the United States. They've been to Miami. Yep. In Austin. Uh, in Austin, Miami, yeah, and now they're coming to Las Vegas. I wish I could go. Uh, maybe if I had that Jimbo Fisher money, I, I, yeah, I could go.
2: Yeah, you would need it actually. Yeah, uh, because what, uh, what, what are, what are the? Uh, I saw t- ticket packages for like what? 5000 dollars. Eleven thousand dollars. Yeah. Too much money.
0: Yes, it's a lot of money, but it's the first ever circuit in Las Vegas. Again, this is one of the more. Uh, th- th- this is um, the newest. Uh, race in the United States for Formula One. The previous ones have been the one um, down in Austin uh, at the Circuit of the Americas, then over in Miami, which they debuted last uh, last season, um, and now they're coming to Las Vegas, Las Vegas, which is a really interesting place for a F1 race, right? I mean, Vegas is obviously super crowded, kind of like, where where are you going to do this? And it's the Strip. It is. They're, they're, the straightaways on the racetrack map are insane. Um, they literally go through um, the Venetian, the Hard Rock Hotel, the Mirage, the Link, Flamingo, Caesar's Palace, Bellagio, Paris Hotel, Planet Hollywood, Cosmopolitan, and the. And the area or area, they go through that.
2: No, well, they will buy them. Buy oh, them but
1: yeah, I know. The, but like, they cut
0: through they, the yeah, middle I, of the like, building. Like it yeah, goes yeah, all no, straight. I, yeah, but but that's where this that that wow, a long straight shot is sh- literally straight down the strip. They're they're gonna. I think the grandstands are gonna be built right on the um, sidewalks. Well, on the sidewalks, but the 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 main grandstand where um where the uh, start and finish lines are, is is gonna be is um. Right um, in front of that big um water water uh, fountain. The yeah. fountain in front yes. of the Bellagio. Yeah. Yes, the Bellagio fountain.
1: <laughs> well Or whatever it's called. I, I guess I just didn't even that didn't even process 'cause I stayed I went to Vegas last uh summer with my friends that I turned twenty one and it was uh, it was not for me. Uh but like the flamingo, yeah, it was like I stayed there and that's kinda crazy. Like yep. that's gonna be a wild yep. track. And that's just next, part of the track. It's gonna
2: go by the sphere.
1: Yes.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right, the Sphere. I, th- I think it would be cool if the Sphere offered, like, an alternate, like, camera angles. Like, if you go in there and you can watch from, like, the, oh, the yeah, cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah, be yeah, yeah. that'd
2: be cool. They are losing $95 million, yes, I saw, from the, the Sphere. They thing. are. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really neat. Uh, it has been a nuisance for the citizens of Las Vegas because yep. they've had to literally change the... Traffic patterns for this for the people to get this done, and uh, I've seen you know some people are upset about it, but at the same time they understand you know the potential economic benefit that this brings to the city. Uh, it'll be it'll be unique. It'll be interesting to see how it goes because if it doesn't go well, which I don't know. I don't know what would happen for it to not go well, but if it doesn't go well, I'd be interesting to see how the nine years remaining on this, you know, pan out, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the biggest concern, and we kind of talked about this in, in one of our global sports media classes that we have here is the fact that Las Vegas is a desert, right? So in, in the summer, there are extreme, there are moments of extreme heat. And in the fall and winter, there are moments of extreme cold and chill. and, once the sun goes down in Las Vegas, it gets pretty cold. Um, especially at this time of the year, in November, right before December, deserts tend to stay cold, especially once the sun goes down. And so one of the concerns is that is that they will they might have trouble keeping the tires heated for the race and so i don't know if that's going to affect how many pit stops teams might have to make just depends on the wear and tear of the tires because they will have to keep them warm leading up to the race and that is a long process it's people think that they just put these tires on and they race with all the same tires but they're soft medium and hard tires um for different conditions which include incredibly dry conditions um incredibly wet conditions so you you trade off of those tires depending on Again, those conditions and people are concerned with how these how, how these wheels are going to um, are going to kind of react to the, the the geography and landscape of this race being in Las Vegas, which is again a desert. Um, I'm curious to see how the drivers like the, the 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 track. It doesn't seem like a very complicated track. It's not the most complicated. Again, they they're really pushing this this long straightaway of them going through the strip that takes up a lot of the race and there are not there's not there, there's a couple interesting turns in it but nothing where it's like oh man okay this turn's going to be really really tricky cr- you know crash causing type turn and again it's it's, it's just kind of like they're really just going for the entertainment value here and seeing cars fly by quickly right and and i get that you get that with the with the long straightaway, but that's kind of also what the rest of the racetrack looks like.
2: Yeah, uh, it's also—I'm interested in what the TV audience will be like in the United States, and it's going to be 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, and they typically go an hour and a half to two hours, these yeah. races. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that is— a little iffy. I don't know if they've. It, I I do agree that it is. Ne- if you are going to do a race in Vegas, it has to be at night. There, yes. There's no. You cannot do it in the day one because it's probably too a little hot. But, uh, or you know, not not as hot right now. But it's, it doesn't, but you still doesn't. It's, it's, it's not cool. Yeah. But uh, it's Vegas, right? Yeah. But interested to see how the TV audiences respond to that. I don't know if I mean I'll try and catch it live. I don't know if we'll be able to, but um. We'll see. Uh, I've 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 heard also things that F one has overestimated the amount of you know demand for fan support like on on location. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things to do in Vegas. That's the one thing about yeah. Vegas is like wild it is a cool location. That people are not you know thin on options for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And while this is the main thing that's going to be happening that day, obviously you you can't walk outside in Vegas and and be like oh you know there's a race today you know there's a there's a race happening but uh interested to see how that how it goes it's so expensive isn't it the most expensive one right now yes yeah. yes and, and
0: it's going to be there for 10 years so it's it's
2: yeah and just, and just,
0: every year for 10 years yep oh, for the okay. next 10 yeah yep. for the next 10 It's oh. a lot of infrastructure that they've had to put into you know downtown las yeah. vegas and i mean again like seth you mentioned it off off the air but getting the roads ready for this i mean again blocking off the strip is a near impossible task to do for any amount of time but let alone for three days in a row for you know practice on friday qualifying on saturday and then ultimately the race day on sunday and i mean if if this this race is going to be exciting but I think there's a bigger chance that it's less exciting than it than it overexcites, Just because
1: there's so much build-up to it. Yeah, and that's—I mean, 10 years, though, that's not even, like, a temporary thing. You know, oh. it's like, oh, well, then you they can't can kind p- of— You
2: can't—you don't have time to pivot if it doesn't yeah. go well. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. like, that has—that's set in stone. Yeah. So they, they're really banking on this thing to turn out pretty well. Yeah. I, I would have thought maybe affordability, like, the tickets would have been a little cheaper. But, you know, I guess people got— money if you're going out to vegas so f1 yeah.
2: in, like in general is not a cheap thing it's not to a cheap see. sport
1: mm. yeah at all it's not a cheap sport at
0: all and again it's just um yeah i mean even the, the the tickets for the circuit of america's race down in austin were just absolutely insane really um yeah and you know i mean you can buy through f1 and stuff you can buy the like the the three-day pass which is you know very expensive but you get you know a a certain paddock pass a vip pass um you can be in in the in like the the club overhang of of you know one of the main grandstands um but even for a day pass if you just go there for qualifying or even for practice it's going to be you know three to five hundred dollars just for practice if you want to see them practicing and figuring out the racetrack for the first time but one thing that i am interested to see with this race this is the second to last race of the season uh, before they go to Abu Dhabi the following weekend to um, finish things off. Um, But I think the biggest thing around F1 right now is that Max Verstappen is dominating. He's dominated it for the last two years, and he's dominating it again this year, and he's already clinched his third world championship. Um, He he clinched it with six races to go, Um, the earliest it's ever been clinched, Um, and uh, You know, there's a lot of fans here in the the U.S., especially with that new market, that are saying, look, it's not fun knowing that he's already won, that there's not much to play for, but there actually is. And, yes, people care about who comes in first and who comes in second and third. But what's really interesting is that so F1 has two two championships because F1 is 10 teams made up of two drivers per team. So there's 20 drivers, right? So you have the driver's championship, which is, you know— Based off a of point accumulation from each driver, Max Verstappen has won that for the third consecutive year. But you also have a championship called the Constructors' Championship, which is both of the drivers' point totals together to find basically what would become the best driving pair, right? The, the driving pair that accumulated the most points together. And so while Red Bull has won it by a clear mile already, the key, the key spots for second And third, fourth, and fifth are going to come down to the wire. Mercedes is sitting there in second with 383 points and Ferrari at 362 points. So Ferrari is 21 points back with two races to go. That's going to be massive because, um, again, both of these teams are going to look to— well, Ferrari's going to want to become second because there's also a big, um, there's there's a big uh, uh, what's it called payday if you become second over third. I mean, there's there's a massive difference in terms of, in terms of the percentage of the total pot that you earn at the end of the year. Then also, McLaren is fourth, a little lower than they would have wanted to be. They have a great driving pair between Oscar Piastri and Lando Norris, but they're going to have to fight out with Aston Martin, who's in fifth, and they're all in Aston Martin is 21 points behind McLaren. So even though Red Bull has wrapped it up in both the Drivers' um, uh, Championship with Verstappen and the Constructors' Championship with just their team in general. There's still a lot to play for between Mercedes and Ferrari and McLaren and Aston Martin. So, again, even though people might say, look, F1's kind of reached its peak here, there are still a lot of things to be played for in these last two races, just not at the top of the standings. So...
1: That's pretty exciting. I mean, just to see kind of how that plays out. i uh, assuming Max Verstappen would will win this. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I don't know how many he's won in a, in, in a
0: row, um, but he, he set a record of like thirteen or fourteen straight like wow victories. I mean, he's going to be favored in all of these. Um, and again, Red Bull has probably the quickest car this season. Those straightaways are just going to be great for him. Yeah. Um, and again, it'll be tough, but. I'm I'm still looking forward to it. It's a it's a F1 race in Las Vegas for the first time. So really excited for it. Hoping I can uh, watch some of it late at night here.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That should be a, that should be a lot of fun. But that'll wrap things up here for episode 12 of Riff Ram Review. That was a fun one, guys. I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Riff Review. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, again, at Riff Ram Review. For Ian Napetian and Seth Dowdle, I'm Zion Trammell. Have a good night, and as always, go Frogs!